Today on the Doc on the Run podcast, we're talking about how running is not an effective weight loss strategy. Now, before we get started in this episode, if you're confused and you're not sure exactly what's wrong with you or what you can do, I actually did something recently. It was a presentation that we had called 12 Steps to rapid recovery from running injuries. And so this was a live presentation where I went through in order what I actually do with every single person who calls me for a consultation. So this is worth listening to. So it's only up for a limited time. We're gonna have some replays available. I think I did live, but if you got the invitation, you missed it, I'm sorry, but we do have some replays available because I got lots of emails afterwards asking for it for the people that actually couldn't show up for one reason or another. So. We will have those available. If you want to get it, you can go to docontherun.com slash 12 steps and you should be able to access it there if it's still live whenever you're listening to this. That's one thing that might be really useful for you if you are confused. So let's cue up the theme song and then we'll get right into the episode. So the big question is this, how are runners like us who don't like hearing doctors say, just stop running, who know that we simply have to stay active, how do we heal in a way that lets us stay strong, maintain our running fitness, and keep preparing for the next race, and still heal without making the injury worse? Well, that is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Dr. Christopher Segler, and welcome to the Doc on the Run podcast. Today on the Doc on the Run podcast, we have Patrick, and he's from the Running Lean podcast. He's here on the show, and you're going to love this episode. Now, Patrick is a very interesting guy. So he's not just the podcast host. He's also a licensed primary sports nutritionist, a certified personal trainer, a certified running coach, and a master life and success coach. But he is also a real runner, so don't worry. He's not somebody that just says he's an expert in all these things. He's actually an experienced marathoner. He's an ultra runner. And he is the weight loss coach for runners. So Patrick, he's got a podcast. He talks about all this stuff in detail. But really what he does is he helps runners properly fuel their bodies and their minds so they can actually achieve peak performance and optimal health and fitness. Well, Patrick, welcome to the show. I'm glad you're here today. Hey, Chris. Thanks for having me. I'm super pumped about this discussion today. I think this uh, uh, information is important. And um, people want to know, like, what what's with all this weight loss stuff like they want to know what to do they want to know what works what doesn't work um so yeah i'm stoked about this yeah i think this is going to be really great you know most of the people listening to the show are injured or have been injured they're trying to figure out what to do but there are also lots of people um that listen to just sort of the wide range of things on a different you know set of topics and such and many of those people of course are wondering you know probably if, if something in their nutrition, in their weight loss plan that they have self-imposed, if that might be actually contributing to their injuries and stuff, and it might be. But it, in large part, I think this talk, you know, it's going to be interesting, it's going to be helpful, um, but it's kind of also maybe a little controversial in a sense and might kind of ruffle some feather, feathers because, you know, every we all think we know, particularly those runners like, you know, that are very fit and don't seem to have any issues with weight loss. There's sort of this base assumption that we know must know something about weight loss if we don't naturally struggle with those issues. And truthfully, for many of us that have been running for decades, might not have that issue. And but anyway, Patrick's here and he's going to give us a skinny on weight loss. You know the facts without all the assumptions. Um, all right, Patrick. So listen, I'm really glad you're here. I think this is going to be a great discussion. It's going to be really interesting. Um, and I think you're going to really put to rest a whole bunch of myths probably in the, in the course of this discussion. But 
I'll tell you a story that in part of why I wanted to have you on the show, and this is a real story. This was not something I made up. A buddy of mine, we were actually going rock climbing and he's a very active guy, um, but we're driving and he's sitting in my truck next to me and he says, Hey, can I ask you a question? I'm like, sure. What is it? And he actually reaches down and he puts his hand on his gut. He has like the kind of like a sort of a beginner top pot belly, I guess, you know, he's like, not really the full thing, but he's kind of heading in that direction. And he said, how do I get rid of this? And I just looked at him and I said, you know, man, first of all, I'm a foot doctor. What I do is I help injured runners figure out how to run when they're injured. And doctors tell them no running as a treatment plan. I'm not a dietitian. I'm not a weight trainer. I'm not a personal trainer. I'm not any of those things, right? Not a weight loss expert by any stretch. But I said, if you, I know for a fact, if you just do what I do and you eat what I eat for a few months, you will lose that gut. And of course, what I meant was if you just, you know, train the way I train and do the stuff I do, it'll go away. And of course, at the time I said that, I actually really believed what I was saying. But that's not possible for everybody, first of all, I don't think. Um, But I had that same sort of level of arrogance. and And this is where I think it's going to irritate a lot of runners, where I think it is arrogant to think that just because I don't have that issue, and I believe I don't have that issue because I run a whole lot, and I eat relatively healthy, that I, all these people that have that same kind of mindset on social media, when they, they act like running can pretty much fix any and every problem, and especially a weight problem, I don't really think it's true. So, you know, when, when I thought it would be so simple for my buddy just to run and lose some weight, I suspect you think that's not really the best strategy. So tell us why we, meaning, you know, well-meaning runners, who are giving advice, like why do we think that way? And why is that kind of approach really flawed fundamentally? Yeah. So you're not alone in thinking this, like a lot, a lot of people think that if you just run more, maybe eat less, you know, you'll lose the weight and you'll be super healthy and everything's going to be perfect. You know, uh, rainbows and unicorns from here on out. And unfortunately that's just not the case for a lot, a lot, a lot of people. Um, My experience was very similar to that. You know, I was doing the the runner's diet, you know, that's like carb loading basically every day. Um, and then uh, when it came to long runs, of course, I would carb load even more. And then I would carb up before, you know, right before the run. And I would do the, the gels and the sugary sports drinks during the run. And then, of course, after the run, I would have to like reload with a bunch of carbs. And basically, it was an all sugar diet. Okay. And I was gaining weight incessantly. And I was like, I don't understand what's going on here. You know, I'm not eating that much food and I'm running all the time, but I'm gaining all this weight. And so for a lot of people, the, uh, energy balance theory, that's the theory that says, you know, calories in calories out, right? As long as you burn more calories than you're taking in, you will lose weight for, for most people that, that just doesn't work that way, okay? For most people, there's more going on. You have to, you gotta like look at more than just calories in, calories out. It's a nice theory, you know, it works really well if you're a steam engine, you know, the calories, you know, the amount of energy you put in, you're gonna get the same amount of energy out, you know? Um, But it doesn't work quite so beautifully in the human body because there's a lot more going on. We're very, very complex. We're all different as well. And so this idea of just eating less and running more, while it might work for some people, for a lot of people, it doesn't work. 
there's this image we have of the marathon runner and it's this like 140 pound guy who, you know, is just no body fat and super skinny and just like at the front of the pack uh, winning the marathon, right? But then you look at the backpack, the back of the pack of the marathon and there's a lot of people who are average to overweight. And so just because you run marathons doesn't mean you're going to be like super fit and healthy and strong and have 0% body fat. It's just not the case. So over the course of a few years there, um, recently for me, it was just a few years ago that I sort of had this like, you know, awakening, I guess you could call it, where I was like training for ultra marathons and gaining all this weight and I couldn't lose the weight no matter what I was doing and I couldn't figure it out. And, um, uh, and it's not just me, like I work with this, uh, client of mine who started a running streak back in 2007. So this guy has been running every single day for, uh, what would that be now? 15 years, over 15 years and not just a mile a day, but like 5k, like at least three miles every single day for 15 years. And this guy gained like 50 pounds in the process. And he came to me and he's like, this is not working. <laughs> like I got to figure this out. Um, and so the, the whole idea of the energy balance theory and like calories in calories out, it's, it doesn't really work for everybody. Um, now if you restrict calories, you know, for the most part, you can, you can lose some weight, but there's a point where that's going to stop working for you. And it's not something that is sustainable, especially if you're a runner and you got to, you, you want to maintain this, um, running lifestyle. Like you've got to be eating enough food for that. So the majority of Americans um, are, are carbohydrate intolerant, essentially. Okay. When that means, what that means is that for the, for the majority of us, and I think it's something like 75%, I'll have to get the data on that, but let's just use that as a, as a estimate. Around 75% of us have a hard time uh, metabolizing carbohydrates, they lead to weight gain and all kinds of other metabolic issues. And so the amount of carbohydrates that we're, we're sort of told to eat, you know, with the US guidelines for America, the dietary guidelines and things like that, is, you know, up to 65% of our calories should be coming from carbohydrates. The problem with that is that right now in the US, 88% of us are suffering from metabolic syndrome. That means we're overweight, obese, high blood pressure, hypertension, diabetes, cardiovascular disease, Alzheimer's disease, and a whole list of chronic diseases caused by diet and lifestyle. That high carbohydrate diet is not necessarily working very well for us. Okay. I think we can all sort of agree to that. So if 88% of us are suffering from some, some of these like metabolic issues, we got to look to that as maybe it's not working and try something else. Okay. So this whole idea of just like limiting the carbohydrate intake leads to all kinds of uh, turnarounds in people's health and weight and things like that. And we're not talking about like anything extreme here, like, you know, going keto or anything like that. Um, but what, what we want to do is like, especially limit some of those problematic carbohydrates like sugar and, and refined carbs like flour, you know, those things really are, are um, some of the worst things that you can eat really. And they, they uh, make it extremely difficult to lose weight. And, and really the issue here is insulin. Insulin 
when you eat a bunch of sugar, insulin gets uh, produced. And when your body is constantly um, producing insulin, your, your body is in this fat storing mode. So you just keep storing more and more of that energy as fat. And it makes it extremely difficult to lose weight. And it doesn't matter how much you're running, your body's just sending these hormones that say like, store fat, store fat, store fat. If you want to lose weight, you got to burn the fat. So we got to get out of that fat storing mode and get into fat burning mode. And we do that, you know, a few different ways, but one of them is just like, you got to like lower the carb intake, you know? And like I said, we don't have to be extreme about this, but for some of us that are sort of carbohydrate intolerant, it's, it's not a bad way to go. And, you know, there's this added benefit. And if you're a long distance runner, then you can benefit from becoming a more efficient fat burner because fat's a great source of energy for running. It's a great source of fuel for running. So you get sort of this double whammy, you, you lose weight, <laughs> which makes running easier, but then you have this awesome fuel source that you haven't really been, you know, effectively tapping into that also helps, you know, your running performance. So win-win. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Uh, but I mean, I guess that whole thing really helps just as you described, it really helps us kind of understand, you know, why it is that so many people with these weight issues kind of get in this yo-yo routine. And I mean, I know there's an aspect of like, getting on a fad diet, getting off the fad diet and all that, that can sort of account for how all these people will lose and gain 10 pounds over and over and stuff. But I also wonder if there isn't a piece of that that you just kind of described where, you know, we're using all of these gels and sports drinks and whatnot to fuel. And we say, well, but I ran 15 miles today. What does it matter if I ate 15 gels? You know, um, that it probably adds into that equation quite a bit, I would think. Yeah, absolutely. And so like the whole yo-yo dieting thing, there's, there's a few things going on there. So a, a lot of times people will lose weight. Like I said earlier, they'll lose weight with restricting calories. If you limit your calorie intake too much for too long, your metabolism will slow down. They call this starvation mode. So your body is just literally like you're not getting enough nutrition and you're just kind of starving yourself. And so your body will go into this mode of like, I better start restricting or uh, limiting the amount of energy I'm expending here. So it slows down your metabolism. Okay. Mm -hmm. So this is why like on the biggest loser, these people, they, they have them go on this super calorie restricted diet and they lose a ton of weight. Um, but you've noticed they don't have like a reunion show because <laughs> they gain all the weight back. Like 96% of the, of the uh, uh, participants on that show gain all the weight back. Oh, wow. So it's, I didn't know it's that. Very, yeah, it's very ineffective long term. It's effective in the short term, but it's very ineffective in the long term. And so what happens is your metabolism slows down and you just cannot, you know, it doesn't matter how little food you're eating, you, you just keep like gaining weight. And it's very frustrating for a lot of people. So that's one reason why people do the yo-yo thing, right? Because they restrict, their metabolism slows, and then they gain the weight back. Another reason is just this whole idea of like a diet being temporary. It's like, I'm on a diet. Well, when are you going to get off your diet, you know? And so we just have this like mentality of it just being a short-term thing. Like I'm going to just lose the weight. Then I can go back to doing what I was doing before. Yeah. And yeah. if, when you say it out loud like that, it sounds ridiculous. Right. But people do this all the time. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I saw some quote that was actually, it was really, it got my attention where someone, she said, um, the way that you can tell if you're on a diet that is not right for you is if you live for cheat day. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a good point, right? Like if yeah. you really like that one day a week is just like the only day you feel like you're living, there's a real problem. Yep. So, but you know, this is really part of the problem with, um, you know, comparisons with others and social media and all that kind of stuff. And you see people do these things and yeah, it's temporary, but you think they just look like that all the time. Um, and it's, it can be really tough. So, you know, in that same vein, kind of wondering about how we as, you know, fit looking lean runners, you know, when you're race ready and you look like you're really, really fit and all that kind of stuff. When, you know, when we're telling our loved ones or our friends or our coworkers or somebody that asks us for advice, you know, what to do. And we tell them that all they have to do is run to lose weight. They're, we're burning so many calories and we're telling them what our Garmin said about how many calories we burned on the last run. When we tell people who are really just trying to make some shift to change their body composition, like how many ways is that harmful to them, either physically or maybe even hurtful emotionally, do you think? Here's the thing, like there are a lot of people, a lot, a lot of people in this world that struggle to lose weight. And a lot of these people are runners. And I work with runners all the time who've just been struggling for a long, long time to lose weight. Um, there's not one approach that works for everybody. So for those people that can just like restrict calories and run more or whatever, and that works for them, that's awesome. But for a lot of people that doesn't work. And, and that's why I do what I do is because I'm going to help those people that where they're just like the standard approach is just not working. Okay. And there's a lot of like, if you get on social media, stuff like that, there's a lot of shaming going on mm. around weight. And if you think about it, if you're a runner and you don't fit the mold of that, like super lean, you know, 140 pound runner that I described earlier and, and you're overweight, there can be a lot of shame in that. Because maybe you're slower and you can't, you know, keep up with everybody else that you run with. And it can feel really frustrating when somebody just tells you to like not eat as much. Maybe that's something you've been struggling with for a long time. So it can be very, very um, harmful in a lot of ways, mentally, emotionally. And one of the things that people struggle with, and this is one of the things that I talk about so much, and it's so very important, is that emotional aspect of of eating and the, the emotional eating that we do. You know, some people call it stress eating or I just eat when I'm bored, you know, or whatever. This is all emotional eating. And what we're doing is we're using a substance, we're using something external to try to feel better inside. And when we do that, we're not addressing the core issue involved here. We've got something going on and we're using food as a way of, of you know, feeling better, of, of, dampening some sort of difficult emotion that we're experiencing. And if somebody's just telling you to stop eating as much, this can be really difficult, you know, and kind of further increase the emotional eating, right? Because now you're just like, well, I'm just doing what they said and it's even, it's not working. And so I feel even worse. And, and it just leads to more emotional eating. And it's a vicious cycle that a lot of people get in. So there's a lot there's a lot going on here. You know, <laughs> there's like yeah. mental, physical, and emotional aspects that have to be addressed. Yeah. So that's, that's great. And I, I think this really is a, a huge thing. Like there's, fortunately for me, I have a friend who, um, well, he's done at least 50 marathons. Um, and I, you know, I used to do runs with him and train with him and stuff. And he is probably a foot shorter than me. He probably weighs 50 pounds for me. So we look very, very different. Like I have always felt like I look much fitter than he is. And he's 10 years older than me on top of that. And I have never, ever run a marathon as fast as him. And 
so fortunately he does not have any issues where he doesn't have any kind of, you know, um, body image issues or anything, but he does, he's one of those people that classically does not at all fit the mold of the physical appearance of a runner, but he's a very, very, very successful runner. And, and so for him, it doesn't matter. He doesn't have any issues. He knows he's fast. He knows he's fit. He knows he's healthy. He doesn't care. Um, but I think that that's a really rare bird in, you know, in this group. So, but you just, you know, you spoke about how it is that when, you know, people are struggling with these issues and they do have either body image issues, or they're actually just really struggling because they just cannot shake the additional weight, no matter how hard they try, no matter how early they get up, no matter how much effort they put into it, it's just not working. And so yeah, I know that you are a running coach, obviously, you're a nutritionist, but you're also a master life and success coach. And so this is the big question to me, you know, when it comes to really in inciting the meaningful changes that will bring lasting weight loss to these people who are not fitting into the standard mold with the standard regimens and standard approaches, which is really more important? Is it proper fueling of the body, like I think most of us want to pretend it is, or is it really proper fueling of the mind? What's the big piece, do you think, if you had to pick one? Yeah, so I say this all the time, like mindset is everything. Mindset is everything. This is at the core of, of everything that you do. Your mindset drives your behavior. And if your behavior is, for example, emotional eating, it's, it's your thoughts and feelings that are driving that behavior, mm. right? You're not a robot, you know, you're not just doing it, you know, automatically. Um, so you've just like conditioned yourself over time, you've programmed yourself, I guess, like a robot. We are kind of like robots, I guess. <laughs> you sort of programmed yourself over time to just do this same thing over and over again. You know, every time you feel bad, go eat a chocolate cake for dinner, you know, whatever. Um, and I'm not saying that everybody's like that, but this is just a, an extreme example of what, you know, kind of emotional eating looks like, okay? But, but mindset drives everything. And if you want to make some big shifts in your life, whatever that is, if you're, if you're uh, uh, somebody who like wants to run a marathon, you've never done that before, you got to have the right mindset because it's going to require you to get pretty uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. It's going to require you to do some stuff that you don't want to do. You got to get up early several times a week. You got to get up early on those Saturday mornings and run when it's like cold and rainy and snowing and you know, it was miserable outside. Um, you got to put in the work if you want to show up and, and finish that race. Same thing with losing weight. If you want to change your diet, you got to get uncomfortable. You got to do the things that a lot of people don't want to do. And that means giving up some of the things that you, you know, have grown to love, mm -hmm. like cupcakes and donuts right. and stuff like that, you know? And, yeah. and so most coaches, what they focus on is what you do. They just tell you, here's what you do. Here's what you eat. Here's what you shouldn't eat. And good luck with all yeah. that, you know? And for a lot of people, we know what to do but we're not doing it. And so a big part of my approach is uh, instead of focusing on what you're doing, we want to focus on who it is you're becoming. We want to focus on, you know, creating a vision for who you want to be in the future. Who is it that you want to be? Like, what do you want to, what do you want your life to look like? How do you want your physical appearance to be? How do you want to feel about yourself? You know, a lot of people are struggling with like lack of confidence and lack of self-esteem and um you know they, they just don't know how to process emotions and things like that and they it really keeps them bogged down it keeps them stuck 
right? And so we focus on, you know, correcting a lot of these core mindset issues and then everything else starts to kind of fall into place Yeah. because that programming that I talked about that we've done over the years, we can change that. You can reprogram yourself. You know, you can, you can create new healthy habits to replace the old unhealthy ones. Yeah. You can create a, a new mindset when, you know, you, a lot of times people engage in this self-sabotaging behavior, right? They want to lose weight, but then they can't stop, you know, drinking six beers every night and eating donuts for breakfast every day. That behavior is not in alignment with their goals, right? And so we got to like get everything into alignment here. We got to get the, the inside to match what you're doing on the outside. Right. And when we do that, that's when the magic happens. Yeah. So that really, you know, brings up the point of like total immersion that you talk about a lot. And I, and I you know, I know one of your uh, episodes uh, on the podcast, uh, the Running Lean podcast is talking about total immersion. And uh, when I was listening to that episode, I, you were talking about total immersion and, and the same sort of premise you just discussed. And what immediately came to mind, so I, you know, I'm sitting there in the morning doing my stretching, I'm listening to your podcast, and I, get, and I got this, I, as soon as I heard that, I got this notification on my phone the day before, and it, all it said was, you know, we have disabled some permissions on some apps you haven't used in a few months. And I still haven't looked at it, but when I was listening to the Total Immersion episode of yours, when you're talking about this, I was like, I wonder if those were some apps that I downloaded I thought were going to be transformational for me, but I never actually used them. Because, you know, exactly what you described when runners call me and they're injured, much of the time they have, they've already, you know, downloaded the pain journal. They've taken some information from some podcast that I know will help them if they'll do it. And I will ask them, well, what is your pain? Well, I don't know. Well, did you download the, well, yeah, I didn't start doing that yet. And I, and half the time I'm like, why did you even book this call? You know, if you're not going to do the stuff that I tell you is going to help, I can't help you. And it really is. But we, we buy into that when we train for a marathon, right? Like we, you know, get a new hat, we get a garment, we start training, we start putting the plan on our refrigerator. We totally buy in, we start doing that. But when it comes to these other changes, it can be very, very difficult. And so why don't you just, you know, explain like what you do. And I think you have, um, some different ways you can help people kind of get started and just making some shifts. I think there's some trainings you do and stuff. Maybe you talk about that just coupled with this total immersion approach that you really do um, incorporate into all of your coaching and training. Yeah. So this, this concept of total immersion is like um, just immersing yourself in the world of, of whatever it is you're trying to do. Okay. So, and I, and I, I did this when I trained for my Ironman back in 2013 and that was a like so out of my comfort zone. Right. And I was just like, I, I got to just do everything I can to like make this successful. So I bought all the books. I was listening to all the podcasts. I was buying all the gear. All my friends were like people who had done Ironman triathlons. The people that I was training with, you know, were into this. Um, I went down to Louisville. I live in Cincinnati. So Louisville is a hundred miles away. And that's where the, the uh, Ironman was. And I swam the, the Ohio River, you know, and I, and I rode the whole bike course, you know. And um, I did that several times, you know, because I was like, I'm just going to immerse myself in the world of Ironman so that I can be successful. 
So I surrounded myself with all this support and encouragement and knowledge. And this is the way I've structured my coaching program. So my coaching program has a group component. We do group coaching calls a couple times a week. Um, I do um, one-on-one coaching with people as well. So you get, you know, that um, aspect of it. I have a private podcast channel where you can listen to trainings and stuff on your own while you're out running or whatever. Um, there's a, a Facebook group where we can share stuff and, and kind of talk about what's going on. You get access to me via, you know, messenger and things like that. So it looks like we're just constantly, you know, you're, you're Im- immersed in this world of, you know, weight loss for runners and people that are all kind of going for these similar goals and becoming stronger and getting leaner and becoming faster runners and really improving themselves, you know? So that's kind of what I mean by, by total immersion. There's just like, uh, uh, it's the difference between, you know, trying to learn a language by using one of these apps and you can learn a couple of phrases here and there, or by like, you know, implanting yourself into a, a, a city like Rome and just staying there for three months. You know, you're going to learn the language in three months if you just immerse yourself into the culture, you know. So there's that. And then, you know, you mentioned, um, you know, training for a marathon. And, you know, that's one of those things where, you know, the more you put yourself into that world and the more you surround yourself with the support that you need, just like you experienced and I experienced with my Ironman, the more successful you're going to be. You know, the more that you can get the support and encouragement and motivation and inspiration from others, um, the easier time you're going to have achieving that goal. Definitely. Well, that, man, that's all really interesting and, and super, super helpful. You know, so for those of you listening, if you haven't checked it out yet, you got to check out the Running Lead podcast. Um, I wish I had Patrick's voice, really. I was actually in listening to some of his episodes. I just sit there and I go, man, if I had a voice like that, this show would be so much better. <laughs> but I don't have it. He does. So you've got to go check out the Running Lean podcast. Follow Patrick on social media. We'll have all the links in the show notes. And whether your goal is to lose weight, get stronger, run faster, farther, or improve your mindset, you will learn all about it in his podcast. And that's the Running Lean podcast. So we'll have all those links at the bottom of the show notes page, docontherun.com under the podcast tab for this episode. And as a bonus for listening to the show today, we'll also post the link that he has um, where he's got some free training on running lean for life, where you can learn the six steps you need to transform yourself into a lean, fat-burning running machine so you can run without bonking, lose weight without calorie counting, and develop the habits that make it last for life, unlike those people on The the Biggest Loser who, I guess, would you say, 96% failure rate or something? Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. All right, Patrick. So tell us how everybody can find you, connect with you, reach out to you and get started. So the best thing to do is just go to runningleanpodcast.com and you can subscribe to the podcast there, or you can just find Running Lean on your favorite podcast app, whatever you use. Um, You can follow me on Instagram at Running Lean Coach. I also have a, a pretty big Facebook community, so you can just find Running Lean Community on Facebook. But uh, those are the main ways of just kind of connecting with me and reach out and say hi. Uh, If you do, you know, stumble upon my social media accounts or whatever. This has been um, super, super fun, Chris. Thanks for letting me join here with you. Yeah, no, thanks so much. I really appreciate you coming on the show today. It's great to have you here. And, um, and I really do appreciate all the information you've shared with us about some of these specifics, which I think, you know, can be really difficult to sort through and 
for even for all of us that don't feel like we personally really struggle with weight, everybody knows someone who does. And being able to have more thoughtful, more sort of understanding approaches to offer them, you know, like through your podcast, I think is really helpful. So again, thanks for coming on the show today. Awesome. Thank you.